She said that she swore to God that she had the worst luck of anybody. And when they called 911 to talk about how she was injured, she said that, that there was a turtle that had flown through the windshield. And the 911 thought it was a complete prank, but it actually was really real. Well, I'm sure the lady was shell shocked. She was. Yeah, she was. It was hardcore. And, and she, she really made sure that she was okay. And she had soup that evening. Hello, people of the future. This is Dara, and I'm a big-ass runner from Ireland, where we double-knot our shoelaces, to be sure, to be sure. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now, here's your hosts, Jeff Harrell and Stephen Pritt. Well, thank you, Dara. Dara, obviously from Ireland, and discovered Stephen, our show, very recently. It was really funny, because he sent me a note and said, hey, Jeff, I've discovered your show. I'm listening from episode one on, and I'm going to be sending you messages into the future. And it's so funny, some of the messages he's been sending. Yeah, and I love his Instagram. It's Barrow Valley Runner. And some of the scenes and places where he runs is just absolutely gorgeous. You talk about the Emerald Isles and how green Ireland is. I mean, this is absolutely stunning. So if you don't follow him on Instagram, you certainly should. And now we've got at least two listeners in Ireland along with Trevor. That's right. We should get them together, have a race or go over there and run with these guys. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Well, welcome to the Big Ass Runner. My name is Jeff Harrell. And I'm Stephen Prince. Steven, this is episode number, believe it or not, 42. Yep. And what we found is that it came right after episode 41. So it's incredible. Yeah. It's funny, Jeff, as we start doing these, I start thinking about my age. <laughs> I know. It's catching getting, up like, to us. Like, what was I doing at age 42? Well, we've got another special episode, and we really think that you guys will really enjoy this. Last week, we talked a little bit with Dr. Kevin, and it was so popular, we decided to bring him back. Yes, we brought him back. He was amazing, informative, and funny. He's back for part two. You're going to love it just as much as part one. So excited for that. And we have a brand new segment, Stephen. We are calling, what are we calling this thing again? We're calling it DFL Headlines. And so we can't wait to share this one with you. I think if you're out there running around, you're really going to enjoy this. It's a way to entertain you and give you some information you may not know about. Ooh, I can't wait for that. But before we get to that, Stephen, we made a big proclamation a couple of episodes ago about the 100K that we're going to run. And we have come to a decision. Yeah, it's like more than a decision. We're signed up and, and now, paid and paid and we're ready to go. And so we we're pretty excited about this. I mean, Jeff, this is something you and I've talked about. We went from who would ever do that to huh, that's interesting to like we should just go ahead and do it. And now we really are. So I'm actually really excited about this. I think for me it's one thing to just have something on the calendar, but I think it's also fun to push yourself and then also just to do something different that you've never done before. So we're super excited about it and can't wait to let you guys know. Yes, yeah, Stephen, and to remind everybody, we had narrowed it down and we had four. We had to eliminate Latvia right off the bat because they couldn't piece together a hundred consecutive K, unfortunately. Well, the Minister of Sport and Recreation did call us and say that they're going to put it on their 2024 timeline. So it's we'll, taking that long. Yeah, we're going to have to take a look at that. But, you know, who knows? They might expand the, the country a little bit. Well, here are the three that we had narrowed it down to. The first one was a local one, Stephen, which is an awesome event. It's called Dino Valley. 
Yep, there's a state park that's near us, and they actually literally have real dinosaur prints in these rocks from a long time ago, and they have some really cool trails out there, so it was the Dino Valley one. Number two was one that happens actually early next year in Arizona. It's called the Black Canyon 100K. Yeah, and this is one that we've heard about before. I think it's a little bit more of a popular one that seems like a good race, and we've had some buddies that have run that one as well, too. The third one is one that we both mispronounced and are scared of. We called it the Mongolian monster, but found out it's actually pronounced Mugion monster, Stephen. Yeah. So anything with a monster in it. I mean, we've got like dinosaurs and monsters and now like black canyons. So none of these are like, hey, soft and easy comfort station 100K. So we're really excited about the one that we chose. So do you want to tell them, Jeff? I will tell them, yes. So we, after much debate, much consternation. Some arm wrestling. Yes, we had the data scientists run some tables and some algorithms. And we finally decided on the Black Canyon 100K in February. It's actually February 12th of 2022. And we would love for any of the big astronauts out there to run it with us. Yeah. So if you live in the Arizona, Colorado area, or you're looking for a destination race to kind of do for the first part of the year, we would love to have you. And maybe you've run 100K and maybe you have it before and want to try it. Why not join up with us? So we're truly excited about it. Can't wait to get a training plan together. I've already looked at a few and I'm ready to tackle this on. So this will be you, me, Jeff, and then Timmy Time is going to be joining us. Timmy Time. Yeah, a couple of exciting announcements to add on to this. Timmy Time is running it with us, so the three of us are going to run it. And our crew so far <laughs> is going to be Marcy Baser and my wife, Allison Harrell. And I think Marcy guaranteed that she would run a part of that race with us. Is that correct? She did. She is going. She said she's going to pace us. <laughs> She's going to pace us the last 0.5 miles. That's great. You know what? You need a pacer and a crew, and I think she'll be perfect for that. But she did have one caveat. What was that? She had to get a belt buckle. Oh, you know, we might have to get her one for that. Yeah, I'm like, it's not going to be a race belt buckle. We'll just get you one at Target. Right, exactly. We'll pick one at Walmart before we go, so yes. that'll be great. But don't tell her that, guys. Don't tell her. Shh, don't. She doesn't listen to the show. Right. Actually, she does. Hang on. She's going to find out. Well, with that, we're very excited to go to Arizona. We've got a lot of listeners out there. Like Steven said, if you're in Colorado, in the area, just come on down, run it with us, or just cheer us on. We would love to see you, meet you. But we are very excited about running the Black Canyon 100K. Steven, the training starts now. The clock is on and we're ready to go. This is twice as far as I've ever run. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> I'm well way, scared. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one for sure. So I'm excited about it. Well, with that, let's get going on episode number 42 of The Big Ass Runner. Well, if you listen to episode 41, you know why we're so excited to have Dr. G back with us. So on the Big Ass Runner hotline is Dr. Kevin Gilliland. Man, I'm so glad I made the cut that I could make it back. We brought you back. I, was, I know. I was worried. I, I thought I was going to get canceled. I'm like, okay, sweet, because I want to keep talking with you guys. So really looking forward to it. Great to be on the show. And obviously, I said it last week. I'll say it again. I love what you guys are doing. And we talked about it off air last time. What I love is it's about so much more than running. It's just good medicine 
to be part of a community that helps us see the world and experience it and challenges us without realizing we're being challenged and encouraged. And it's good medicine. And I love how you guys do it. So I'm really thankful to be back with you guys. Uh, keep keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I feel better already. I feel great. I feel great. Oh, this is great guys. medicine. <laughs> it's so great. You guys are so great. I so enjoy listening to you guys. You got a great night. I really, really do. So fire away. What have you got? What do you want to talk about? Where are we going now? So as I said, you've done three full Ironman, full-fledged triathlons. And yeah. I'm sure at some point your mind is telling your body, Mm. Th- that's enough and you know what pancakes sound really good right now mm. versus this yeah. uh, the next 26.2 miles i've still got to trot along if you're a clydesdale like me uh, so i just wonder how is you know as a trained psychologist how do you use your mind to overcome those you know, objections that your mind's giving you man that is you know i love that question and i've reflected on those, I'm like, God, what was wrong with me that I decided to do that? So I've got one of those Garmin Phoenix watches and true story. I saw my primary care doc who's older gentleman and says things you shouldn't say to patients. But he knows I'm in healthcare. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to see him one time. He's kind of doing a checkup. He looks at my watch and says, without even looking at me, it's like he said it under his breath. He goes, Oh, that's a watch for a guy with issues. I can hear you. I mean, what? What? But I was like, yeah, but I've really thought about why did I, one, I just thought it was ridiculous and there's no way I could do it. But then the more I kept thinking about it, I was like, if I have to be honest, and since it's just the three of us, I'm like, I think at some level uh, there were just inner demons I had wrestled with. But, mm-hmm. you know, again, like we talked about, I didn't want to wrestle at the office because you're like, how do you come here? Hey, hon, how was your day? Well, you know what? I decided to take a risk back then. Yeah. And we got enough food for the kids for a couple of weeks because I lost my job. And you go, okay, I don't want to risk there because that has a lot to lose. But honestly, I think I was always afraid of quitting do anything. And not that I have a history of quitting anything, but I'm like, God, how strong am I psychologically? And if I suffer physically, am I going to quit? And I don't know, just doubt. And so you go, okay, well, how about you press yourself physically and get a feel for how, how does my brain work when my body is saying don't, or even my brain is like, oh man, you really seriously want to keep going? This is a long day. So for me, it was really fascinating to see and just to be curious about where is it really strong and where does it really get weak and where do I do really well and where do I struggle? And I guess as I stepped into that, it just gave me an opportunity to realize, wow, you know what? There's some things that I'm stronger than I realized that pain is just a data point. It really is. Mm Mm-hmm everybody has thoughts about, why am I doing this? What am I? And you go, okay, but how do I just gently push that thought aside? Cause I don't need it right now. And all along the path of training and, you know, even the training, you learn so much about yourself in the training. And actually 
when I think about COVID and trying to get last week, you know, when we talked last uh, episode of, I've really struggled. Now, mind you, I've done three Ironman, so I've got some discipline. I didn't work out anything for at least three weeks, might have been longer. And I know it's really important for me. I can't get going. I can't get going about my training. And I'm like, I never, like never in my training would I look at, okay, what do I need to do today? Okay, well, I got to run seven miles, then I got to swim a mile and a half, and then I'm going to bike about 60. I never went, eh, I'm just going <laughs> to run two. Right. You know, I, I didn't think. I just looked at it and then just did it. And this is where I learned so much by playing with that kind of exercise of things I could apply in my life. Uh, no, I don't need to think. I just know this is what I need to do. My thoughts aren't important right now, and neither are my feelings. And that pain at some point when you're running that far, your mind is going to start to fray. And you go, what do I do? And my mind starts to pray. And the nice thing about play is I get to practice ways to manage that and overcome it without having big life consequences. And there's actually research on this, a ton of research. And it's in play where we learn those things, our own limits. And what does my mind do well? And where does it struggle? And how do I do when I have pain? And mm -hmm. what can my mind do to surprise me? Does that make sense? Yeah, I was going to ask you, so is there any kind of analogy? I mean, I know the brain is not a physical muscle, but we all know that if you're lifting weights, you're physically breaking muscle, and then that's why you mm -hmm. eat protein and do things, and then you know it builds back up. And, you know, when I run or I'm doing longer distances and you're having those inner brain conversations, mm -hmm. to me, it's like you were just saying, the analogy I think about in my head is, it's almost like I'm battling those and almost like working out my brain in a yep. somewhat relatively safe zone. Is that a physiological yeah. thing that's happening with chemicals or is there a way to explain that or how does that work? Because it seems like there's so many good benefits with that. Oh, it actually, you're, I don't know, Stephen, it's all those things. There is a neuro, you know, we never think about it, but our brains run on chemicals and electricity, which right. you go, okay, that's weird. And go, no, just think about it. If you, runner's high, right? Which, if you ask me, that's a lot of work for a little rush. <laughs> I mean, you go, okay, like, there are better way. I'm not advocating getting high, but I'm like, that's a lot of freaking work for a little <laughs> bit of what is called opioid, they're opioid peptides. It's endorphins and enkelphins, and it's a chemical it has a little bit of a pleasurable response. So when you're running and you really are exercising a psychological muscle because you have this thought that starts to creep in and you go, okay, how do you manage that thought? Well, if we're not aware of it, whether it's in working out or in life, we'll just allow that thought to occupy space. Mm -hmm. But when I've worked with professional athletes or gymnasts, like right at that Olympic level, man, it's fascinating. The other group I have seen it with is I've done some work with special forces. Man, those guys do not let those careless thoughts stay anywhere in their brain. Mm -hmm. Not at all. Because they know they're not harmless. Right Now, they don't get aggressive. They're like, nope, don't need it. Nope, not now. I don't need that thought. I don't need it. I'm going to keep it out. And instead, I'm going to gravitate to these other things 
that are more positive, more concrete, more tangible. I'm like, no, I'm feeling good. I've got a little bit of a muscle. Yeah, no, that's fine. I usually have a little smooth that, but no, I'm not going to allow that thought because what they, they get quiet. And that quietness and that work is, if you will, a psychological muscle that we have to exercise. And the more we do it, the easier it gets to just gently push it aside. Mm -hmm. And you go, okay, does it also have a physiological? It actually does. They have measured the physiological response of different Buddhist monks compared to, quote, normals. They've also compared special forces abilities to endure cold in ways that normal people can't. Normal people get hypothermic, I mean, three to four times quicker than people that have been trained in special forces of how they breathe mm -hmm. and what they do psychologically. Literally can delay hypothermia by 30, 40 minutes. Wow. And so you go, oh, no, our brain and our body are connected, which is phenomenal. That's the best news you'll hear all day. And you go, wow. So I can move either pieces of that and see the other piece benefit. There's a great book, Leap Minds by Stan Beecham. And he talks about a lot of the different components that you see in these elite athletes. He also talks about these monks in Japan, that the marathon monks, Mount Yeku, I think, they walk a marathon a day for this insane amount of time that covers like seven years and they have almost no food. And you're like, whoa, that defies everything we know physically. And you go, well, yeah, that's because psychologically they're able to achieve things that we can't fathom. And you go, wow, we are so much stronger psychologically than we realize, but we don't press ourselves. And for me, coming back to your question, yours too, Steve, uh, wow, what can, no, we absolutely can, can strengthen our minds not just for our running and enjoyment here, but those things have a direct application in our life as well. Mm. Because we're all going to go through difficult times that are challenging to manage thoughts that worry us, whether it's waiting for the results of a biopsy or uncertain about, am I going to have a job in the midst? Okay, how do I manage my thoughts so that they don't interfere with my sleep, my time with my family and you go, yeah, I practice that running. It's the same thing in this situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And is there any way that you would recommend people to how to delineate the difference between taking captive a thought, addressing a thought versus ruminating a thought? Because I think those are all three different things. And I've experienced all of those in a 50K, <laughs> you know, but but oh, in God. any kind of endurance race, but even that in a practical life, oh, yeah. how do you delineate those three categories? And maybe those aren't even the right three categories. Gosh, if I had a, <laughs> if I had a printout of my thoughts during an Ironman, I am pretty sure my wife would have left. Right. I, I mean, she would have been like, that guy is bananas. I'm not safe with him. I, I mean, it's, you go, wow, it does wander. Now, some wandering is fine. The cuss words alone would be long for mine. So, oh, yeah. oh, yes. That alone, she would be like, I had no idea I was married to a sailor because this guy cusses <laughs> all the time. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. But you do. You have these dark thoughts. 
you have some thoughts that are really confident and strong and anchor us. And then you have these doubts. Look, we all have this inner dialogue. And what we most of the time do is just assume that it's, we take this passive role and let it kind of run past us. And it's a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing we have to do is become more active. And the second thing is to fully appreciate that's not just a harmless thought. You let that thought keep running around in your head. And that may be the reason you quit or you made a really bad decision or you made a decision to do something and people looked at you like, what were you thinking? Because you made up this crazy story. And so we do need to take every thought captive that we think it has this, every thought that has this quality of eroding our foundation of things we're really confident in. And, and that can happen when we really stress our bodies or we psychologically are in a stressful situation. And so I think the first thing we have to do is go, okay, just two big buckets. Is this helping or is this starting to hurt me? And you go, okay, if it's starting to hurt me, go, okay, is it really accurate? Is it no? This is one of those thoughts I have that's just doubt, not based on any information. Mm-hmm. It's just me doubting and go, okay, I don't need that right now. So instead, I'm going to hyper-focus on what I'm doing. And I'm going to look for something good. Or I'm going to look for something distracting because that thought's going to fade. And so there are some little things we can do like that. And I just talked about this with a patient of mine the other day. I was like, you know, one of the things they talk about, I heard somebody talk about in Ironman stuff is never get out of the water. Mm-hmm. When you're swimming, never get out of the water. Meaning don't start thinking about ah, 112 miles. I do not feel like riding that today. I don't, no, no, no. Just never get out of the water. Right. Stay present with what you're doing and whether that's the run or you're coming down the hill and you're like god look at that that's going uphill and it's kind of <laughs> misty and you're like no, no 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 stay downhill right don't change sides of the mountain stay on the part of the mountain you're on stay in the water stay at dinner no i know you have work but stay at the dinner table with your family mm-hmm. so that's just a fundamental for us that we can directly apply from running right you know if you're three five miles in you're like god man i feel right don't let your mind jump to mile 15 don't know i'm not leaving mile five i'm on mile five i'm not leaving well sometimes we can worry about work and we're trying to enjoy dinner go no you know what not right now i gotta stay at the table so to look at what are my thoughts doing what are the ones i need to gently push aside and then when I need to stay anchored to today, I'm going to do better. But worry and fear wants to either push us in the future or drag us to the past. And so you go, okay, is that happening? And if it is, I got to come back to where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And then some thoughts I need to challenge and go, okay, is that really true? You know, okay, no, am I, you know, God, am I, no, I've never stopped. I always do this. No, why is that? No, I don't need, where's that coming from? Or, no, I have fueled up and I've got this and I'm on this. And so to begin to look at those things, not in fearful ways, but just as a data point, like, God, why is, oh, man, I'm hurting. You go, okay, well, no, it's just painful. Oh, you know what? Pain just tells me I'm doing something really challenging. Right. It's not bad. I don't need to be afraid of pain, whether it's physical or psychological. It just tells me I'm doing something. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm doing something. 
I'm doing something that's really fun, incredibly ch- I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> right. And now you get lost in that. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the part where we have to develop those psychological muscles. And you go, why didn't somebody talk to us about this in school? Right. I mean, seriously. Let me ask you a question. Seriously. What do you do if you catch on fire? What are the three things? Stop, drop, and roll. Yeah. Why do we know what to do if you catch on fire? I've never caught on fire in my life, but I know what to do. I have no idea why they beat that into our heads. Why didn't they talk to us about, hey, look, that brain of yours is going to generate thousands of thoughts every day. You need to start being aware of it. Here's some things to do. But instead, we all know what to do if we catch on fire. Also, for some reason, know what to do if I fall in quicksand. I've never seen quicksand, but I know you should really stay still. Right. right. Well, how about what to do every single day when my brain has a hard time slowing down or it starts telling me things in the middle of trying to do so? How do I address that? Because that happens all the time. And for the life of me, I don't know why people don't talk to us more normally about, hey, how do I build my psychological health? So if you want to look at a book that's not a self-help book, because I know I'm a psychologist, I hate self-help books. And yes, I wrote a book, Struggle Well, Live Well, but it's not a self-help book. So if you don't grab that, I would grab Elite Minds, Stan Beecham. He's a psychologist in Atlanta, worked with college athletes, and he worked with really elite professionals. But man, it is a great, easy read that talks about some of these same subjects of, okay, how do I start to train my mind? Because your listeners start to be aware you're training your mind when you're trail running. Because here's what I love about trail running. And I heard somebody use this term. They talked about green exercise. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? They just might get outdoors. Here's what I love about trail running. You can run on a treadmill and worry and drive yourself crazy. You can't do that running on trails and outdoors. That's why I love running on trails and outdoors. Number one, it's great for your joints. But number two, you are in it. I mean, you're having to look at where do I place my foot? Where does it move? You are in it. Yeah. My cross-country coach used to say, run the mile you're in. Yes. Just focus there and take in what's going on in that mile. And then you'll have another mile. <laughs> then you can focus on that one. Right. And so you go, yes, run the mile you're in. But what, what is there a difference between running a mile on a track at the high school and trail running? Oh, totally. Yep. Yes. You talk about in the mile. You can run on that track at high school and worry about your wife or girlfriend or job because it's so predictable. And so it's easy to keep that anxious, worried, busy head. But when you're running on trails, you are in it. You are in that mile, which is a great way to realize, wow, I have to look to do this in my life as well. And I can. It's a skill I can apply at work or at home or when I'm going through a difficult time. Well, Kevin, I have a couple of thoughts. First, I'm blaming Gilligan's Island for the whole quicksand thing because I think that's scared. <laughs> for all of our younger listeners, they don't know what that is. That was a TV show. And they always got caught in quicksand. For the life of me. I had no idea quicksand was on islands like that. I don't think it is, but yes. <laughs> Almost every episode, I, mean, I feel like. <laughs> And secondly, I got really uncomfortable because I'm just thinking back on my runs and I just come up with these excuses like, oh, you know, I didn't sleep well last night or, oh, you know, I haven't been training very well and already have these built in excuses before I even really get going. Yeah. 
So what you said was really, really helpful. And the third thing, this is a question I have. Last week, you talked about people, purpose, play, and then the brain and body. And one of the, our, I think I mentioned this last week too, one of our favorite segments is why I run. And I want to ask, you know, purpose. We haven't really touched on purpose. How important is that? Because I think when we heard these why I runs, we hear about why people get out there every day, who are they running for. And a lot of times it's not even themselves. Yeah. It's, a, it's for their kids. They want to be healthy for their children and things like that. So talk a little bit about purpose. Gosh, man, I so love that. And this is where you get a chance to be really creative and really thoughtful in some really wonderful ways. God, I could probably get choked up if I wasn't careful. So I'm glad it's just the three of us. <laughs> For all my Ironman, I wrote my kids' names on my hand where I could see them when I was either running or biking. Because I wanted to be really thoughtful and prayerful and mindful of them and different parts of their lives when I was doing that race. Because, yeah, while it's something I'm doing, it's also a time for me to be really focused and thoughtful on them without any noise. And there were also other times where I'd have a close friend that was or a family member just going through a really difficult time. And just to have that quietness to be mindful of them and thoughtful of them and whether it was prayerful or mindful that it's like it gives you a chance to let all the noise in the world get quiet. And just like you can hyper-focus on this mile, it's just focused on this mile and that person. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I found would spill over into other areas of my life. And I would think about them on a run, or my wife. Oh my gosh, it was really shocking to me how being intentional and thoughtful spilled into other little things in my life with her, just being more thoughtful and mindful. And I think half the time she probably thought I was stoned. Like, God, why are you, <laughs> what, what did you, I thought you went for a, Ride and a run and a swim. And I'm like, I, I know, I just want you know, I love you. And she's like, Kyle, you are really losing it, man. But you know, it's this wonderfully <laughs> quiet time where you can be intentional and purposeful and about that other person. And I think you'll find that it spills into things you'll do and say that have a really positive impact and whether it's that or I know people that have run or done races that have given them a chance to raise money or awareness about something. And I know you guys have had people on that you've interviewed and talked about that and you go, gosh, man, I would really encourage people to at a minimum really be intentional and thoughtful about people in your life that are just have something weighing heavy on them or going through a difficult time, you would be amazed at how that begins to shift your perspective. I think about the guy that started Success Magazine, and he decided one year to write two things he was thankful for about his wife and put it in a jar and was going to do it all year and give it to her. And he goes, the craziest thing happened. He goes, I did that for her, but it absolutely changed the way I thought about my wife and how I interacted with her and my gratitude and my awareness. And I think that same thing applies 
when we look at whatever our exercise is or whatever we're stepping into that's an event and we're purposeful beyond just the event, I really, I'd encourage people to do it because I think you'd be surprised at how it starts to show up in your daily life. I love that, Kevin. Yeah, well, I actually have one more question for you. This is a very serious one, but it's mm-hmm. going to require lots of thought and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Out of the Bulls' six championships, which one is your favorite? Mm-hmm. God, that's solid, man. That is, I got to tell you, <laughs> oof, that's okay. That's good. You've done your, you've done your background check. I have. Um, <laughs> holy cow! Which one? If you can only choose one, I know they're all great, and I, I know you, you've probably watched The Last oh, Dance. Man, yeah. How do you? I mean, that is. Golly. Okay, I'm going to have to go with that one because now knowing it, when you watch The Last Dance, you're like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. How did you do that? I mean, seriously, it's, I, I get some of, the, some of those, but man, I can't imagine the challenge of getting up for doing that when you know what the heck. You know what I think about it, I'm like, okay, the first Iron Man I did, I was like, eh, it's going to be great. You know, I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. I remember the difference between <laughs> waiting to get in the water for the first one and the second one. I was like, oh, what am I doing? Oh, my God. And, I did, but, and so that's where I had to start. And then the third one, I'm like, I've lost my mind. Right. I have lost my mind. <laughs> so I think about it, You're like, Michael and Scott, you're like, you have five. How did you discipline your mind and your body? could do it again right that and and now to see all of the psychological piece behind the scenes that is a great final question to this discussion of i tell you how they did it is because they had been practicing and developing those psychological muscles year after year after year and if you do that you you might just be surprised at what you can do six, seven years down the road that mm-hmm. you could not have fathomed eight years ago and go, yeah, just stay in the mile and both literally and figuratively. And you might be surprised looking back of going, wow, well, look at that. Look at what I did. And yeah, I did. I developed some psychological muscles. I look back at three Ironman and honestly, I'm like, I'm not sure how I did that. Did I really... I mean, I've seen the pictures, and I don't know. I can't believe I did that. But you go, yeah, and I still have the psychological muscles and habits and the resilience and the belief and some of those skills that I use every day. And, man, uh, those thoughtful, purposeful pieces that I try to maintain. So I'm going to go with the sixth and final championship because man that's impressive yeah that's just that's fine work gentlemen so (laughs) that's my final answer that's a great answer well kevin this has been amazing i've learned a lot and our listeners have to remind us if we want to contact you or get in touch with you what's the best way for our listeners to do that yeah my day job is innovation 360 in dallas and you can track me down on world wide web i360 dallas.com as we talked last time on Instagram and Twitter, Dr. Underscore Kevin G, I so enjoyed starting to follow y'all on Instagram. As I said, you got to type fast. Don't make mistakes. <laughs> you can catch me there. And yes, a podcast as well. Struggle well, live well, worry less. 
Let's just talk about some real basics like you guys do. Some humorous and some, hey, try this. It's worked for a lot of people and there's some good medicine out there. And sometimes we just need a little bit of information to start that shift in perspective that'll surprise us five or six years down the road. So that's the best way to track me down. That and the uh, big ass runner podcast. Too, I think. <laughs> but we'll make sure to share that information on the World Wide Webs and make sure that we post it on Instagram. And again, thank you so much, Kevin. It's just been awesome to have you on the show. And this being the month of May for Mental Health Month, and yep. we definitely hear a lot about that. So thank you for just for elevating that awareness, but really giving us practical tools and things to think about, not just on the trail, but off the trail as well, too. Yeah, we so appreciate you, Kevin. Man. I so appreciate you guys. And man, I hope the biggest thing your listeners take away is they're getting so much more than just talking about running. And man, that's such great medicine. I appreciate the work you guys are doing. I really do. You'll do a fantastic job. Yeah, I really appreciate that, Kevin. Yeah, have a good one. Sometimes in our lives, we are. Well, Stephen, one of the things we love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just getting it done. Who do we have this week? Well, Jeff, we actually have a big ass runner OG in the house for today. Actually, it's Nick Kiger. Nick goes on Instagram by Trail Nick with an extra K. And he's just a really cool guy. He's been listening for a while and just a great trail runner. I know he, I think like last year, did his first 50K. lives out in the Ohio, Columbus area and is an ambassador for Dirtbag Runners. But Nick is just a great guy and just wanted to give him a shout out. He's also out there just consistently every day doing something out there and doing it with a great attitude. And we just wanted to give him a shout out and kudos and say thanks for listening and being a part of the Big Ass Runner Herd. Yeah, we love because Nick does interact with us quite a bit. We love that. We love hearing from our listeners and just seeing what things resonate, what things don't. So we always appreciate hearing from Nick. Way to go, Nick. You just call on your brother when you need a hand. We all need somebody to lean on. Well, Stephen, I'm really excited because we have a brand new segment called DFL. Usually that means dead freaking last. Well, What's this segment all about? Well, yeah, Jeff, it is. It's dead freaking last headlines. Oh, headlines. And, yes. Not runners. Yeah, no. So we know, listen, you guys are probably listening to the podcast right now, and you're probably out running. And we know that your lives are busy. You have things going on. You try to keep up with current events. But we thought we would do the same thing, but put a little big-ass runner spin on it. Oh, big-ass runner spin. My and, favorite kind of spin. That's right. So this is not spin class. This is dead freaking last headlines that maybe you're not paying attention to, but you might need to know about. Oh, I get it. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read some headlines. These are real true stories that you need to know about, and we'll kind of talk about it. Sounds good. So get this. A lady here in Texas just recently got married, and she was getting to switch her name, and she found out that she couldn't get that done because she was a felon for embezzlement. For embezzlement? She didn't know she was a felon. No, not at all. And guess what? 
this lady realized that she was kind of getting her name changed. And the charges were that she'd forgotten to return Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It was a VHS tape from 20 years ago. Well, on her behalf... Sabrina the Teenage Witch is a solid TV show, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. Well, she said to get her license changed and she couldn't because, you know, COVID. So she had to make an appointment and she went in there and realized that the DMV would not let her change that because she was a warrant for her arrest for a felony embezzlement. And so this is something that was charged to her. So the, the blockbuster company basically stated that she was a felon because of embezzlement and that she had trespassed and owed them $58.59. And so she was stunned to realize when she called that it was a real legitimate charge that she actually had to pay. Well, I have a couple of problems with this, Stephen. Yes. First of all, Blockbuster's out of business. <laughs> right, exactly. So how can she be a felon in Blockbuster be the, what do you even call that? The uh, the creditor? The, or the, uh, yeah, the the, I, don't know. The, I don't know what that. Like creditor. when you go to Judge Judy, it's like. Uh, right, exactly. Whatever her name was versus Blockbuster. They wouldn't walk through the door because they don't exist anymore. Right, exactly. Well, she claims that she doesn't remember seeing this VHS tape or even liking the show or even renting it. But I mean, it's 20 years. And she's not alone in that opinion, by the way. (laughs) Exactly. I think people are trying to forget the TV show. They're trying to get it out of their memory. Maybe make it disappear. She was doing people a favor by not returning that tape. Uh, Right, exactly. Maybe she was, yeah, supplying the population with one less tape. She should have gotten an award for that. (laughs) Exactly. Not a felon. Right. Well, I mean, imagine that going to get your license and she has a criminal background and doesn't even realize it. Did she end up getting married, Stephen? She did. And she got the charges taken care of. And now she's no longer a felon. Oh, that's, that's good. Good news. So it's a happy ending. <laughs> happy ending for all. So, yeah, like I said, these are headlines that you didn't know that you were missing. The next one, Jeff, is a really kind of interesting one. There was a guy who was really upset with AT&T. And what he decided to do was buy an ad in the Wall Street Journal to complain to AT&T about how slow his internet speeds were. Well, first of all, get in line complaining about (laughs) AT&T. I've had AT&T my whole life. I think they're pretty good. It's almost like, though... They're the best of the worst. It's just, ah, Lee, I have have a challenge with them as well. Right. Well, here's the funny thing about this. So this is a 90-year-old man. His name is Aaron Epstein from California. And he paid $1,100 for his ad, which is almost the same amount of he pays an entire year for AT&T services. And he literally wrote a letter to the president and CEO of AT&T, Mr. Stanky, as was really named Stan, Stan Key. It sounds like Stanky. And he says, AT&T prides itself on being a leader in electronic communications. Unfortunately for the people who live in North Hollywood, AT&T is now a major disappointment. So he took it on an ad in the Wall Street Journal just for that. You know, as a marketing person, Stephen, <laughs> I admire that. You know, turn to marketing when you got a problem, you right. got a challenge, and you want to say something. You know, marketing is not a bad way to go. Right. Well, what's even funnier is, Jeff, this is an ad that looks like it's about maybe two inches by three inches, and it's just text. There's nothing else. Sometimes those work, Stephen. $1,000 ad. So, hey, next time you guys are complaining about something, maybe about a trail race or you didn't finish, take out a $1,000 ad in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, I'm sure you got a phone call. 
All right. Well, Jeff, the next one we have up is a really funny one as well, too. And it just kind of shows the power of what can really be seen. So this comes out of actually Europe for some of our UK folks across the pond. And get this, Jeff, a Belgian farmer single-handedly made France a smaller country. Um, Say that again? A Belgian farmer single-handedly made France a smaller country. I don't know how you could do that. They, I love their waffles, but I don't think they can shrink an entire country. <laughs> well, this guy did in one fell swoop. So this Belgian farmer was actually trying to mow his grass and do some things. And he saw this stone that he thought was just something insignificant. And it was actually in the path of his tractor. And so he went to go move this by about seven and a half feet or so. And basically realized it was a stone that was marking the line between the country of France and Belgium. So when he moved that, he actually shrank. He shrank the whole country. He shrank France by seven and a half. He's the felon. He stole part of the whole country. Right. So he shifted the border by seven and a half feet. They're causing all kinds of international issues. Oh, my goodness. I wonder what Blockbuster thought about that. Yeah, I think there's probably going to be a documentary about this. (laughs) So apparently it was a stone that they had there that the French used from a long time ago that kind of helped define the lands, especially in rural areas. And when he did that, it was actually a real international marker. So he cheated France a couple of feet and then gave Belgium a more, but he single-handedly shrank a whole entire country. We know, Stephen, we have a lot of listeners in Belgium. Uh-huh. And I think I'm in favor of this. Gave him a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, who needs Napoleon when he can just do that, pick up a rock and, and conquer new territory? And move it over. You know what I would do, though, if I lived on that ranch uh-huh. or farm or whatever it was? What? I would have a hard time not just running back and forth. I'm in France. I'm in Belgium. I'm in France. I'm in Belgium. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, where'd you go How today, cool honey? would that be? France. Yeah, I would whole different country. About a year and a half ago, I was able to go to France and there was a spot where you could be in France, Germany, and Switzerland all in the same spot. So you could just kind of run around in a circle oh and gosh. hit three countries at one time. It's pretty cool. amazing. You're international. Oh, so famous. Me and David Hasselhoff. <laughs> all right. Well, Jeff, the next one is kind of an interesting one. It was about a car accident. And so it's a little bit of a sad story. So a Florida woman was in what she thought was a car accident. And usually, you know, sometimes when there's a crash, there's kind of debris all over the place. But this woman had a head injury. So a 70 year old woman was riding with her daughter on Florida Interstate 95 and suffered a gash in her forehead. But when they looked around to kind of see what has happened, And they couldn't find what actually flew through the windshield and hit her. And lo and behold, this lady in Daytona Beach was struck by a turtle. By a turtle? (laughs) Yeah, her turtle. Yeah, so they looked around and tried to figure out what was that. And they don't know how this happened, but it was an actual turtle that actually flew through the windshield and actually hit her in the head. And they have not figured out how this turtle. And if you look, there... (laughs) It's a picture of a turtle like through the windshield and it actually hit the lady in the head and they have not figured out how this turtle was projecting itself in the air so fast. It's now, a flying turtle. A flying turtle. Now, you know, turtles aren't very fast. But oh, I know all about not fast. Yeah. So how could a turtle fly and smash into a, a windshield and actually go so fast that it hit the lady in the head and she had a little gash on her forehead? So anyway, she said that she swore to God that she had the worst luck of anybody 
And when they called 911 to talk about how she was injured, she said that, the, that there was a turtle that had flown through the windshield. And the 911 thought it was a complete prank, but it actually was really real. Well, I'm sure the lady was shell shocked. She was. Yeah, she was. It was hardcore, and and she she really made sure that she was okay. And she had soup that evening. She did. <laughs> yep, a little soup there. So yeah, again, like we said, these are headlines that were dead finished last in your category, but we're bringing them up for you as a little bit of entertainment there all right well jeff we have the last one that's very interesting speaking of turtle soup a couple of weeks ago there was a guy who was a longtime mafia person and he was actually a fugitive hiding around and settled in the caribbean and they haven't found this guy for a long time he was an italian smuggler made a lot of business out there doing some illegal things was really a legitimate italian mob boss He was hiding out in the Dominican Republic and they didn't know where he was and they found him because he started posting on YouTube cooking show videos. Cooking show, a fugitive posting himself on cooking show videos. Yeah, I guess he forgot he was a fugitive or something like that and started making videos on YouTube and he'd been a fugitive on the run since 2014. The Italian police were after that. They'd issued out warnings for his arrest. And according to NBC News there, he had escaped and had been living in the Caribbean for about five years underneath the radar. And it wasn't until he started posting videos featuring himself and his wife on his YouTube channel cooking. And once he made it a couple of videos, they started to go viral. And lo and behold, people started to recognize him because he had certain distinct tattoos. And so he's 53-year-old and got flown to Milan and was arrested and put in jail and for all of his, his illegal activities. Very interesting, Stephen. I wonder, it had to have been Italian food he was showing. It lasagna. was. It was Italian food that he well, was angel showing. Angel hair, hair pasta. Yeah. I mean, next time you guys, if you've done some illegal things, maybe not had your blockbuster turned in on time yeah. or whatever, Whatever you do, just watch what you post on Strava or Instagram because you never know the the blockbuster police or the Italian police can come after you. I love it. All right. Well, we hope that those headlines are ones that you could make sure that if you missed all the news coverage, we will give you the dead freaking last headlines that you missed this week. Stephen, a fun episode. Hopefully, if you're running or driving or... Walking. Walking. Hiking. I don't know. Just listening anywhere. Hope you enjoyed that segment. That is Dead Freaking Last Headlines. Well, Stephen, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 42. Yeah, listen, that was such a great episode, and we really hope that you guys enjoyed it. And thanks again for Kevin for being on the show. We really appreciate Dr. G and just helping us. You know, this is the month that is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we just thought having him come on and just kind of talk something that's really more of a prominent topic, but also just kind of giving some practical tips for the trail runners out there just making it happen. Yeah, Stephen, one thing I wanted to let the big ass runners know about, I think you've even seen these yet. Path Projects, one of our partners has come up with a brand new shirt it's called the simple mountain topo and what's cool about it is it's got reflective ink so when light shines on it it reflects this cool topo pattern really cool it's brand new just out so go to path projects and check it out awesome sounds like a great deal love all of their gear 
Well, listen, we hope you enjoyed episode number 42. We really appreciate all the listeners, whether you're in the car or running. Thank you for being a part of the Big Ass Runner Herd. We don't take it lightly, and we appreciate all of you guys. Have a great week. Until then, get out there, enjoy the trails. And keep running your asses off. This is episode number 42. That's right. And you know what? I don't know what it's going to say. <laughs> we quickly were realizing that we quickly... Hang on a second. Er, scratch that. I appreciate the work you guys are doing. I really do. You'll do a fantastic job. Yeah, I really appreciate that, Kevin. Y'all have a good one. All right. Well, <laughs> sorry, I got a little reclamped. There. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that was Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And I guess underrated movie, by the way. uh, Well, I think it's a TV show. Oh, so that joke didn't go very well, did it? Yeah, a couple of last year or so. um, Well, it was no, rewind. So, how could a turtle fly and smash into a a windshield and actually go so fast that it hit the lady in the head and she had a little gash on her forehead? I have no idea. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something real clever to say about this one, Stephen, and I'm having a hard time. You're kind of slow to the thought on that. And he was hiding out in the Dominican Republic. In the he was hiding out in the Dominican Republic. And he was hiding out in the Dominican. Ah, he's a Republican, Stephen. He, he's not a Democrat. He's a Democratic Republican. <laughs>